Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. Well, Celeste, it seems like the courtroom drama between Epic Games and Google has reached a significant milestone. The jury has sided with Epic in this antitrust case, potentially changing how app marketplaces operate. What are your thoughts? It's quite a plot twist, James. This lawsuit has been going on for three years, and it all began when Epic Games, the creators of Fortnite, accused Google of violating federal and California state antitrust laws with its App Store practices. Right, and it's not just Google that Epic is up against. They've also been battling Apple over similar issues. The crux of the argument is that both tech giants are allegedly forcing app users to make payments through their systems and taking a significant cut of in-app revenues. Which Epic argues is a violation of antitrust laws. But Apple and Google have always defended their practices, citing security concerns as a reason to steer app users towards a central software authority, right? Absolutely. And it's worth noting that Apple and Google do differ in their handling of third-party apps. For instance, while Android allows sideloading apps, iOS does not. However, Google still advises against installing external apps. So essentially, Epic's victory wasn't a given, considering Google Play's relatively less restricted ecosystem. But they did win, and in their statement, they described the verdict as a win for all app developers and consumers worldwide. Yes, and they didn't hold back in their criticism of Google, accusing them of using their monopoly to extract exorbitant fees, stifle competition, and reduce innovation. They also praised upcoming regulations that could further limit Apple and Google's software practices. But Google isn't taking this lying down, are they? Wilson White, Google's VP of Government Affairs and Public Policy, confirmed that they plan to appeal the verdict, defending Android and Google Play's openness. Indeed, they're standing their ground. And remember, Epic has also been in a similar battle with Apple. That case resulted in a mixed ruling, with the court mostly favoring Apple, but requiring them to allow developers to direct customers to alternative payment options. Both companies have asked the Supreme Court to reconsider that ruling. So it's still a bit of a... A bit of a legal quagmire, isn't it? And in the meantime, Fortnite, which used to be available on Google Play and Apple's App Store, is no longer available on either platform. That's right. But despite all this, Epic seems to be on a roll. Just last week, they had a massive launch of LEGO Fortnite, attracting more than 2.4 million concurrent players. So while this legal drama is far from over, it seems like everything is coming up epic right now. Indeed, it's a fascinating battle to watch unfold, and it's sure to have far-reaching implications for the tech industry and beyond. From legal battles on Earth to groundbreaking developments in space, we now turn our gaze to the final frontier. A startup is making waves with a novel approach to propulsion that could revolutionize deep space travel. Let's delve into this exciting news. So Celeste, we've got some news from the final frontier. Helicity Space, a startup focused on fusion propulsion, has just secured a $5 million seed funding. This could be a game changer for deep space travel. Fusion propulsion. That sounds like something straight out of a sci-fi novel. How does it work exactly? Well, it's all about plasma jets. Helicity's co-founder, Sethavoin Yu, a plasma physicist, and his team have found a way to use these jets for fusion reaction. They're really focusing on propulsion for space travel, not for... Wait, so they're not looking at using this technology for power generation here on Earth? 
Not as their primary goal, no. CEO Stefan Lintner says that while their technology could potentially be used for terrestrial power generation, their main focus is on pushing spaceships forward. The vacuum of space is ideal for plasma jets. So, so they're essentially using the conditions of space to their advantage. That's pretty clever. But what about the practicality of this technology? Surely there must be some challenges. Absolutely, and Lintner acknowledges that. They're using a method called magneto-inertial fusion, which involves compressing stable plasma jets with a magnetic nozzle. The plasma is heated to hundreds of millions of degrees, which triggers a fusion reaction that propels the spaceship forward. But that sounds incredibly complex, and I'm assuming it's not something that's going to be ready for use anytime soon. You're right, Celeste. They're planning to use this funding to produce a proof-of-concept fusion drive, demonstrating the technology at a small scale. But we're looking at a timeline of around 10 years before we see a full prototype in space. 10 years? That's a long time. But I suppose that's the nature of such groundbreaking technology. It's not just about creating it, but also proving that it's safe and effective. Exactly. And as the space economy develops, Lintner believes their engines will become increasingly important. The final business model, however, is still up in the air. It's a new field, and there's still much to learn and de-risk. Well, it's definitely a space to watch. Who knows, in a decade or so, we might be discussing the first successful deep space mission powered by fusion propulsion. Exciting times ahead, James. Absolutely, Celeste. From science fiction to reality, the future of space travel is certainly looking fascinating. Indeed, Celeste, the future is certainly looking exciting. And speaking of the future, let's shift our gaze from the stars to the streets. We're seeing another technological revolution unfolding, this time in the world of autonomous vehicles. Particularly, we're seeing some impressive developments from China's autonomous vehicle industry. Let's dive in. China's autonomous vehicle industry is setting its sights on the international stage, Celeste. WeRide, for instance, has been on a licensing role. Just recently, it secured two permits from Singapore's Land Transport Authority. That's a big move, James. These licenses allow WeRide to test their robo-buses on public roads on a larger scale. This includes the One North Tech Cluster and the National University of Singapore, right? Exactly, Celeste. And it's worth noting that this isn't WeRide's first international venture. They secured a self-driving license in the United Arab Emirates just five months ago, and they also hold various levels of AV permits in the US and China. So they're really pushing the envelope. But let's talk about the shift in focus from level four robo-taxis to autonomous buses. It seems like a strategic move to me, considering the less unpredictable traffic conditions and the fixed routes. Absolutely and it's a smart one at that. With Singapore being one of the densest cities in the world and having an aging workforce, autonomous vehicles could be a solution to their land and manpower constraints. The city has been pushing for AVs since 2014, and, and they've completed the first phase in test beds, right? Now they're preparing to enter the second phase where AVs can operate in selected areas. Correct. And it's not just WeRide that's attracted to Singapore. Global players like the Aptiv Hyundai joint venture Motional have also been testing robo-taxis in the city. So, what's next for WeRide? I mean, they've got a solid investor base and have formed strategic partnerships with local transport operators. Well, 
WeRide CEO Tony Han has said that Singapore is a regional center for the company's Asia-Pacific market expansion. Considering that they were valued at $4.4 billion last year and confidentially filed to go public in the U.S. in March, it's safe to say that we can expect more big moves from WeRide. Certainly seems like it. The aggressive expansion of Chinese tech firms like WeRide into Singapore is definitely something to keep an eye on. Autonomous vehicles are shaping up to be a significant part of the future of transportation. From autonomous vehicles in Singapore to electric vehicles in the United States, let's now shift our focus to a recent announcement by Ford. The automaker has made a significant decision concerning their all-electric pickup truck, the Lightning. Let's delve into the details. Celeste, have you heard about Ford's recent announcement regarding their all-electric pickup truck? I believe you're referring to the Lightning, right? But no, I haven't caught up with the latest news. Do share, James. Well, it seems Ford is planning to cut the production of the Lightning in 2024. This move is apparently in response to a perceived softening demand for premium electric vehicles. That's interesting. I recall Ford had quite an optimistic outlook last year. They even announced a plan to double their production capacity in response to customer demand, didn't they? Indeed, they were planning to ramp up production to 150,000 vehicles a year by mid-2023. They even idled their Rouge Electric Vehicle Center in Michigan for upgrades to accommodate this new production capacity. But so what changed? Did the demand for EVs drop? It's a bit more nuanced. While the demand for EVs is still growing, the growth hasn't matched the ambitious plans of major automakers. This has led to a number of them scaling back their investments and reducing production capacity. So it's not just Ford then? Other automakers are also adjusting their production strategies. That's right. It's a trend across the industry, not just a Ford-specific issue. The decision to delay a second battery factory in Kentucky is another example of this trend. I see. So what's Ford's new production target for the Lightning? Well, a memo to suppliers suggests that Ford will produce about 1,600 Lightning trucks a week starting from January. That's roughly half of their initial target of 30,200 a week. That's quite a significant cut, but it's sensible, isn't it? Better to match production to real demand than to overproduce and risk losses. Absolutely. Ford's spokesperson confirmed that they will continue to match Lightning production to customer demand, which is a smart strategy in this ever-changing market. Indeed, James. The EV market is still young and evolving. It's crucial for automakers to remain flexible and adapt to the market trends. 